Hi, thanks for joining us for another edition of Chronic Conversations. Oh my God, I didn't screw up my intro, Rocky. So before we get into it, just real quick, normally I almost always screw up the in intro because I've either smoked or drank a little bit too much. Maybe I have it tonight. But anyway, I got it right, so high five on that one. Anyway, thanks for joining us for another edition of Chronic Conversations. Um, tonight I have a very special guest in studio with me. It's been a while since we've done an in-studio one, so those are always a little different, a little more fun. Um, former pro wrestler, former pro wrestling manager, uh, former ballet. Oh, wait. No. Was, no, no? The one time, but I swear. The one time, yeah, and I had to pay $25. Okay, yeah. so scratch that one. And the guy behind, um, what do you say your position is? I, I would just say you run Farley Collin. Uh, promoter. Promoter. Okay. He's just wrestling term. I use it. Wrestling. Yeah. I do too. I always, I'm, I'm like, I'm sure there's some other term, but I'm just going to go with what I know. Uh, that's what I do. Um, so we're going to talk about that. This is Rocky Spurlock. Say hello to Rocky Spurlock. Ah. So we met, God, it's been years ago. Oh, probably 22, 23 years ago. Yeah. And, and somewhere around there. Through that meeting and a meeting of somebody else is what eventually led to Farley Cons. For those who don't know what that is yet, do you want to kind of give them a little background and and yeah, how it started absolutely. and what it is and yeah. stuff? All right, so there was a guy we wrestled with, uh, Jared Allen. Uh, he wrestles Jay Farley. And uh, he uh, he got out of wrestling, went into, was doing comic book conventions, setting up, selling toys, comics, and so forth. Got me and my son to go with him to help him out. One of them got us hooked. The one show we were done, we were hooked. Right. Uh, Farley and I started talking about doing a wrestling slash comic book convention, doing it both the same time, doing comic book during the day and wrestling at night. Uh, and then uh, we we talked about it for a while and, and never got around to it. Right. Uh, and then uh, Jared uh, passed away, and uh, we came up with. Uh, we were looking for something to do to help his wife and kids that first year. And uh, we came up with a, a FarleyCon to do the convention in, in his honor and his name. Uh, right. Hence FarleyCon. Right. And Jennifer, my wife, named it. Uh, Jennifer, his wife, not Jennifer, yeah. my wife, the co-hostess. And she's, she's not here right now. Uh, but uh, the other Jennifer is and Phil and so. a, a lot of us married Jennifer. But we, we, a lot of us married Jennifer. I think it was just called the chair of shots in the head. We could remember that name. Probably it's the easiest one to remember. <laughs> but anyway, we... Uh, so we, we did the first year, we did it at UEW, and yeah. um, uh, what Max Structural? Used to be on Max Smith for Max Smith, and then years, years ago. Uh, we did the first one at Structural, uh, packed the place out. We, we started off very, very small in the comic books, now we had 10 vendors mm -hmm. that first year. Uh, very much as you guys,
now now it's more interactive. It's more like a real life auction. We call it our not so solid auction. Um, but I, I saw it go for two hundred dollars. I thought, okay, I'm in up to three hundred dollars. Right. I was quickly out of that auction. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! It, it got into bid and war. It was jumping a hundred dollars a bid, and we got twelve hundred dollars. I was shocked and done. And those guys are great too. They do a lot to help the kids, uh, you know, and the foster patients. We we're so glad to have those part of our our Drew Game Memorial yeah. drive. He he worked a lot of a lot of hours on the foster patient side of that. Uh, spent a lot of time, you know. There was times he would work third shift and come in third shift, spend all day with us on Saturday, and then head out to a show that night somewhere. Yeah, more than likely two or three shows that night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was. Yeah, we actually did break the uh, foster patient single one-day record this year for donations. Oh, wow. Well, if, if people want to donate pops, do they get in touch with you? Is there a, a somebody special or uh, uh, on Facebook? How, yeah. how would they? Yeah, take a message on Facebook, and then we're going to arrange to drop it off. Or they can just bring it to the show and, and drop them off at the table. Uh, Rebecca and you brought the, broke the record yes. this year, though? Yeah, Rebecca uh, and uh, Ron are, is the, Julie's dad and, and Julie, her husband. They have done a lot and really just taken it over and, and ran with that. Awesome. His, his legacy alive as well. Yeah, so it's, it's amazing. It, it, it's he, he was one of those guys that, you know, had such a great legacy in both in and out of wrestling, um, just like Jerry. And, and it is, I'm sure for you both, an honor. And, and it kind of keeps you connected to them as well mm-hmm. to be a part of these things. And if you want to be a part, you know, get on there uh, and talk with one of them, get some of those donated. Uh, do they do it all year they take them, or just like a certain time of year? Do you have like a... We don't have a, like a, a drop-off place, but we will take them. You know, if there's a, they've got you know, say 10, 15 pops, they want to meet us somewhere or drop them off. We'll right. that. You know, if it's if it's one, two pop, we kind of go back and save them and bring them to the show. Saving them up, right. Uh, but if, it, if it's a sniffy number, then they their collection, right? Get rid of some of the old box that they yeah. just don't want anymore. Or something, yeah. Like we'll that. definitely you know, get with them or have a schedule time for them to drop them off at different places. Uh, awesome, you know, they could drop them off to my wife at her beauty shop at the hair structure before the report as well. Okay, yeah. And uh, uh, I mentioned that in her real quick. Uh, go ahead and promote it. Uh, Jennifer Spurlock, she's a hairdresser at DNA Hair Structure and Floral Floor makes Blow Assurance. Yeah, and I've you know, I've been doing it for years. Never seen anything but great reviews, so definitely yeah. give that a, 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 a thing. And real quick, give a shout out to the people at the uh, Not Bad Paracord making. They make everything Paracord. It's Taz Schaefer, you know? No, no, no. Yeah, what, he uh, runs that company now. I think it's maybe him and his wife, possibly, but they do a, a you know, really good job of, 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 with their brand and things like that, too. And they've made everything, I think, from... So, look, get back. I know what that is. Motorcycle or something. They called something with the monkey something. I'm like, I don't know if they didn't use it in wrestling or if they were dating not. And I was all confused of what it could be used for. Um, but yeah, if you have any kind of paranoid, paranoid, yeah, paranoid needs, see me. I can hook you up. <laughs> but if you have any paracord needs, see my bad creations on Facebook. But back to the FarleyCon. Now, the last one, uh, they seem to be growing and, and getting a little bigger every oh, year or so. Let's talk about, um, you know, you started out, it started out with just that in the one little building that we used to wrestle in, um, and, and now it's grown much larger. So tell us a little bit about this past year and some of the people you had on and some of your guests uh, versus, like you said, you only had the 10 guests before. Well, no, we didn't have 10 guests the first year. I mean, vendors. Just, vendors, yeah. yeah. So you had more vendors than guests. So it was yeah. a wrestling show. It was a wrestling show. <laughs> we had, the, uh, so going back to the history of the first year, like I said, we had 10 vendors mm-hmm. uh, selling toys, comics, those type of things, some craft shirts and things of that nature. And then we had a uh, UEW Hall of Fame ceremony followed by a wrestling. It was all dedicated to, to Farley. Uh, it was actually my last night wrestling. Uh, it, there was no better way for me to go out. Right. Uh, I left team with my brother, Brad, and then we worked Leroy and Kevin, uh, which were... were well, thank God Brad great. finished his training in, in time in that 30 years he was training to, to be able to have that match with you because... Yeah, it's live. We love you, Brad. <laughs> But yeah, that was, that was, and then I, 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 we had the Farley Cup battle roll that I was in for a brief 10 seconds on that night because 
So they're, your record, Tom. Yeah, they've got a rule. Yeah, they, they were, they've got a rule, so I, I got them throwing me out. Uh, but, you know, that, that was a perfect way to go out. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and then, uh, but we, like I said, we had 10 vendors that year. Uh, the wrestling was definitely the, the main Looking for a way to go out, like you know, that's that's the hardest thing. I, I think that's one of the reasons it's so hard to retire as a wrestler. Sometimes, like you said, you got the perfect way to go out. I still think I'm looking for that. Yeah. Like I, a part of me's let go and is done, but there's a part that feels like something's unfinished. Uh, I still have that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah so it doesn't go away. No, awesome. Yeah, you, you always have that that you want. There's one more match. You got one more. Run. One more. Yeah. One more. Yeah. It's always one more. Right? I can't be like that. I've done talk too much shit about other people that are like that though. So I can't really. That make me, oh God, a hypocrite. Uh, this one. <laughs> it happens. It happens. It happens. There's always that one more. Um, I, I'm actually imagining a locker room now that I used to talk show about. Yeah. So I'm, uh, me. Well, just, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah uh, it's it's just one of those things, and, and you know that was my perfect way to go out. And I, mm-hmm. even then, I still had the the desire from time to time, thinking I could I can go back one more run, one more match, one more. Every time it hits me, you know, I left Timu and my brother working. Two guys that are my brothers, uh-huh. in memory of a match that was, or a match that was in the memory of my brother. And it was yeah, like there's nothing, there's nothing I can do to top that. Even even when I stopped managing, uh-huh. my last match I managed was the uh, Kenny Arden Memorial uh-huh. uh, tournament that they did at UW, uh-huh. and it was uh, I got to manage uh, Drew and Menace working Bubba and uh, uh, Luke yeah. in the wow. finals for, and it was like you know. It, Kenny was such a big part too. And mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing else that I could do to top any of those memories. Yeah, no, I but, can't imagine I would. That literally sounds perfect. And my last one, what wasn't bad. I, I still have a couple that are possibly still going to happen. But if, if my last one I had, it would have been a good one. I mean, I got to team up with Rawhead Rex again and his comeback and watch him. And every time I do that, it's like being a little kid again, kind of mm-hmm. watching him because he was one of the first. Uh, guys I looked up to uh, in independent wrestling before I ever, you know, knew what, well, at, at the time, those were actually called outlaw shows. They wasn't independent. Now everything's independent. At that time, it was an outlaw, outlaw show. Outlaw. Yeah, outlaw still shows. outlaw. I'd never seen an outlaw show. And I think the first one was like him versus Woody and Richie Dye and Keith Hart. And, you know, so it, I was like, oh, okay. There, there's this level that people can see. And, and that's that's hard to let go to, uh, isn't it, that, that time. Yes, yeah, that time's gone, but it, it's it's one that I, I really miss. It's, it has changed so much that I can't even watch wrestling now. I have nothing to do with it. You know, I I definitely quit during the pandemic, and there hasn't. The reason I stopped is just because it stopped resonating with me. Like it just, I didn't. I I, I lost. I felt like there wasn't much of an emotional connection. It was more like a, a Marvel movie without that emotional part. Yeah. kind of ties you to it. It was just the action with no, but I, bits and pieces, I, they're still, I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, setting my watch or anything, by anything, but I'll definitely check out the AEW because for one reason, they just ran like a two-year storyline and finished it. So I was super stoked about that. That kept me interested and emotionally involved in, in this thing that they teased just enough to make you want to watch again, but not so much that you were just over. I, I'll try getting into AEW. I just, to me, it's 1990s WCW. I can say where uh, yeah. It's just, uh, there's, my main complaint with them is there are too many people employed by the company. Right. Uh, that you cannot give everybody enough time to actually get their stuff over, right. to get developed. Which was a problem WWE had, which led to three-hour programming and 45 shows a week yeah. where you're just kind of um, overkilling. I mean, once before, people like Andre the Giant were so popular because they were an attraction. They would work territories. they go to this territory for a while. You may not see Andre the Giant for another year. So when you see him, he's nice and fresh. But these guys, you've seen these two guys wrestle 75 times. How are you going to make it fresh? Yeah. No, I will. I, I'll say I don't watch it. I, I have kept up with some of the stuff, though. The, uh, the Lesnar, Heyman, Reigns angle. I like the way they kind of have this spin on that. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, overall, I agree, though. It's just not. It, it, there's, yeah. I don't know if it's me or them, but it's lost something. The only time I truly, truly enjoy watching it anymore is with a little kid. 
that I've mentioned a lot because it, it takes me back to just you hear them talk about what they're seeing and there's no politics or put over or, you know, smarky shit. You get to just go back to being a fucking kid and being like, I'm pissed at that dude because he cheated. As simple as that. Like, keep it simple. Like, we yeah. as adults seem to overcomplicate everything. So there's nothing like going with a child or taking a child to an event and seeing the wonder in their eyes. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's. That's why I fell in love with it in the first place, and that's why, um, you know, I did it as long as I did, because it's, when it comes down to it, we talk about the crowd, we talk about this, that, and the other, but what we're doing is we're playing to our inner child, right? I mean, oh, yeah. at, at, at least at some level, that's that's what yeah. we're doing. We're, we're, we're playing as live action, action figures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, I think that's really one of the reasons why it, it translated so well for me, going from wrestling into finding something for cons, conventions. Yeah. And this year, speaking of wrestling, tying it in, you had uh, WWF legend and Hall of Famer, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Yes, we did. Uh, now, he's not the first wrestler we've had. Right. Yeah, we, we started out, the, was, after we moved out of the wrestling building that first year, mm-hmm. we were at the Eastern Community Center, which was mm-hmm. a little bigger. Right. Um, we were getting a lot more vendors in, but we were uh, still restricting space. We had them down to like the single tabletops. Uh-huh. Uh, but we did have Bobby Eaton in that year. And, man, he was a great guy. Oh, he was a uh, super nice guy. He's one of those you've never heard a bad story about. No, ever. As, as as the promoter, I felt bad because uh, it, it, we were still new, still trying to get our feet wet, trying to figure out what we were doing. Uh-huh. Crowd was there, but it was mostly there for comic books, so right. not a whole lot of action going on uh-huh. in his, his area. Uh, but he was a super nice guy. And yeah. I was so glad. Him and Dad wrestled together in the 70s when they told us it. Mm-hmm. Real good friends. I was so glad they were bringing him. But I grew up town. watching Gulas and mm-hmm. Thornton and those guys with promotions. Yeah, I was so glad they were bringing him in and let that him reconnect. It's been, mm-hmm. it's been a, especially with what happened this year. It's been a, yeah. you know, a, a little bit of time together. But we've had Marty Gennetti as well, which uh, is it's its own adventure. Um, yeah, I've met him a couple of times. That's, yeah. But this year, Sarge. Right, now, this year we went from... The community center to the Cape Girardeau Arena. So we went from maybe 7,000 square foot to 27,000 square foot. Uh, we went from Each step of the way, you're getting a little bit nervous because I, I feel like with my podcast, I started with just a Chromebook and just chit-chatting mm-hmm. over some horrible audio. Had no clue what I was doing. That's how you started out. Yeah. You know, you, you've come a long way, but each step, did you feel more pressure along the way to like, okay, now I've reached this level. Not only do I have to stay at this level, but now I need to bring it to the each each day after that, it's not yeah, it's not. Uh, it's three hundred sixty five days a year. Right. Uh, when I when I finish, for example, this coming year on August thirteenth, when we're done mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I will start working for twenty twenty three. Yeah. Uh, I say that, but I've already started contacting guests for twenty twenty three. Of course. Yeah. Uh, trying to book people and come up with ideas, brainstorm for that. So it's good to where you. I'm trying to stay at least a year ahead of where I'm trying to plan this out. But, right. Um, but. Sarge was it was scary because Sarge, you know, obviously the the bigger your name, the bigger your cost, the bigger right. your build, the bigger your cost. Uh, you had that fear, can I can I fill it? Can I you know, can I get the guests in? Can I get the vendors to fill the spots? Right. Uh, and then all the way up until the day of the show is that can are the people coming? It's just like wrestling. Yeah, right. You know, am I gonna put butts in the seats? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah or people absolutely. come in the door, you know, the vendor's gonna make their money back, are they going to make a little profit, are the guests going to be good, taken care of, and, uh, you know, I, and that's one thing I want, like, I won't book a guest, unless right. I have this, you know, the guarantee in my pocket before I book them. I don't right, lock right. the door for that, or with your feet, and it's, I have that. So, so it's exactly the opposite of wrestling. Yes, that, that is, and that, that's almost what I'm see what happens in, in wrestling is, uh, income tax check hits, and you buy a $200 ring, low boy, um, with, uh, missing boards and, and maybe an apron if you're lucky and a karaoke machine and then um, want to book all these people and then not promote it and then well, we've all lived that before yeah, yeah. but you're doing it the right way uh, and, then, and I had no doubt and was, I, you know I tease you and I joke and stuff about work and stuff or, or, or stuff but I know this is 100% legit and, mm-hmm. and don't want to skew anybody's mind out doing anything but ribbing it no I so, and I know yeah. you know, but I want them to make sure too. This is no, and that's one of the things. That's one of the lessons I learned in wrestling is mm-hmm. that you know you you have your guarantee for whatever you're guaranteeing somebody. You have that up front. You should have the money for the complete show before yep. you decide to put the show on instead of 
Hogan you put it together or your GoFundMe will come together. Yeah, and everything um, everything goes back into the next show, Chris. Yeah. I mean, we're we're constantly striving to get better and bigger. And uh, I've got a, a number in my head that once I hit that number, we'll go to two days. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Got real close this year. Right. Real close, and actually, probably really and honestly, hit it, mm-hmm. but not hit it enough to me where I was comfortable. Right. Uh, but yeah, Sergeant Slaughter was he was amazing. Uh, <sighs> The stories, the sitting, having dinner with that man on that Friday night. With, as we went out, it was my wife and my son Anakin, and uh, we were, started off with uh, Rob Lamb and his wife Sean. Uh, mm-hmm. Rob was an animator on the old He Man and Master Universe cartoons, and Sean wrote Brave Star, one of my favorite cartoons ever. He Man, oh, oh they, you know, honestly, they just became more wrestlers for my yeah deal at the time because they didn't really have wrestling figures like that. So we didn't have the OG, really, no, we had their own, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they, you know, He-Man was a, a, a perfect coat. And they fit with the rim coat. The AWA rim coat figures, they fit right. perfect with those. But, um, yeah, but He-Man was, it was one of my favorite cartoons. And Rob was amazing. He'll take the uh, pops. And uh, he doesn't do them at the show. He brings them to the show. They're already done. Mm-hmm. But he would use the sales, the plastic of the pops. That uh-huh. was like animation sales. And he would draw the characters on there. I went through and did a walkthrough and on Facebook Live at Farleycon. Walked by uh-huh. and showed them. And by the time I got back around to him, they were gone. Right. He was, he was sold out. People were buying them left and right. He is a great guy. And we haven't really announced on Facebook yet, but Rob is coming back this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have him coming back, uh, him and Sean both. Uh, but Friday night, we were out to dinner with him, and uh, we invited Sarge and his, his agent, Tony, mm-hmm. uh, to come eat dinner with us. And uh, they weren't going to make it in town at time, they thought. Right. Until we're sitting at the... The restaurant, uh, Jonathan's in East Ridge, and uh, Tony walks in, and, and Jennifer knows him, and uh, I went and talked to him, and they said they did with us. It was just, it was awesome. Man. It was good luck being, you know, here on one side, I've got the guy who drew He-Man, and then over here, I've got the Sergeant Slaughter, the WWE Champion, the G.I. Joe, talk real about Sergeant. Your inner child, my, oh, God. my God. It was. He-Man, it's like... He-Man and G.I. fucking Joe. Yeah. I mean, for us, people don't understand. He wasn't just pro wrestler. He he, he transcended just kind of like Hulk did in a lot of other media areas and became even bigger because now he's a G.I. Joe, which, you know, like He-Man was one of those yeah. shows from, from back in the day. And, so, and listening to the, the personal stories, mm-hmm. that was something I'll, I'll always treasure. I won't, I won't get into those, but. Just the stuff that his, I mean, I'll say like his, his story about being trained. Uh, Did he get trained by Billy? Billy. Billy Robinson, sorry. Uh, no, I think or it was Vern. Vern. Yeah, I think it was Vern Gardner instead of there. I know Vern mostly Billy, did it, but that Billy came Billy in might towards have, the end. He might have been up there with him. Right. There was, somebody had an altercation with him, that, but I, I don't remember the, that person sort of. I, I remember hearing about that as well. He was, uh, uh, but he, man, he was, he was just great. Listen to stories and uh, uh, he, he was beautiful Bobby Remus before he was Sergeant Slaughter and had the blonde hair and uh, uh, re- boas. I mean, it really reminded me of my Rocky Star gimmick. Yeah, and, yeah. And, of course, you know, I stole it. Sorry, I adapted the gimmick. We procure bits and pieces uh, of people uh, from our childhood to create who we feel like we want to. I, I straight up ripped, I ripped yeah. off Jess Venter, who ripped it off from. Superstar Billy Graham, and which everybody stole from him. So, right. you know, it was basically so it was kind of fun to hear those stories. Greg wasn't the first nature boy, you know, type of thing. <laughs> Best one, though. <laughs> the real one. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, he was great. And then later that night, we uh, we went and picked up uh, Jim Shooter from the airport, the uh, Marvel editor in chief mm-hmm. in the 80s, in the late 70s, 80s, who had a lot to do with the, the G.I. Joe comics, uh, named uh, the Autobots and Decepticons and, and Transformers and helped with the license that and the black suited Spider-Man and Secret Wars 8 uh, started, you know, started when he was 13 years old in the 60s writing comics for DC. Wow. Just because he, their comics weren't good enough. They weren't as good as Marvel, so he spent like a year studying them and then searched and tried to insert some of the things that he learned. Yeah. And they, you know, hearing the stories. That's a different kind of genius because it's one thing just, you know, when you think of an artist or a writer, you know, they write, they draw, but that's a different level of creative mm-hmm. to actually be able to take 
and people think it's copying, but it's not really, because you have to now. So remember when you were in school and you got to write stuff out, but it's got to be in your own words? Remember yeah. how hard that was? Oh, I did. So yeah. this is what he's doing. He's taking a concept, and now he's got to make it in his own words. So to me, that almost takes more creative power than just and at 13 years old. At 13 years old to be able to do that. Like, I was just thinking about G.I. Joe's and He-Man's and stuff at 13. I would... and, and a lot of it has to do with, with him. You know, uh, you know, we got uh, the He-Man, or not He-Man, but the uh, G.I. Joe's, Transformers, all that stuff coming through Marvel Comics. Right. Uh, you know, Hasbro's walked into his office and said, here's this robot, and it turns into a car, and here it turns back into a robot. And he said, okay, why? And like, that's what we're here for you to figure out. He went and found the right guy and said, here, this is what you've got. Here's your start. Figure right. it out. Uh, same with the G.I. Joe. You know, they bought, there's a rumored story that the head of Marvel and the head of uh, Hasbro were in the, they were taking a fist together. Yeah. And they were, the Hasbro was, our uh, Hasbro said, we're worried about G.I. Joe. And the head of Marvel said, we, let us take a shot at it. Let us uh, do the story. Uh-huh. They took a Jim Shooter. He took it to Larry Hama. And Larry was supposed to be working on a, uh, a, a shield. Right. Uh, Nick Fury. Some mm-hmm. of the Nick Fury comic. And so he took that and applied it to G.I. Joe and made it, made it into the real American hero. Just, you know, that is crazy. Uh, but, you know, it, the Secret Wars, you know, Black Suit of Spider-Man. This guy, yeah. he, he wrote it. Uh, uh, and it was based off of the, the toy line. Uh-huh. You know, they wanted to do a, uh, a Hasbro or a, uh, a, Hasbro, a Marvel toy line. Right. And they said that they looked at children and polled children, and children responded to the word secret and responded to the word wars. So they just put it together, secret, secret wars. wars. Hey, and smart. And then uh, Shooter came up with it and said, this is, this is the storyline. And uh, had some amazing artists. So it's almost like Friday 13th, like Friday 13th was literally just a concept of something to do with Friday 13th. There was no story they had. Yeah. And then they had to come up with that really quick afterwards. So that's... You find them a girl. the fly, you find them, yeah, you yeah, find yeah. that person. And, and it, it's it's crazy how many variables have to come together for us to get the things we got. Like, you don't think about that, uh, how many things have to fall into place and, and all little intricate moving pieces that if any one of them messed up, we would have never had G.I. Joe. Right. And you look at it like um, Indiana Jones, for example, that's, you know, the McGruffin, the what he's after is the first thing to come up with. Uh-huh. You know, they, they look, so, okay, we're going to be trying to find the Ark of the Covenant. Uh-huh. Okay, so we find this, let's write the story around how they find it. Right. And so, you know, it's the same thing with those. they got their concept to come up with. Uh-huh. You know, they have secret wars. Okay, how do we get into a secret war? Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, he, the actual Black Suit of Spider-Man came from a, a, a child. Uh, Marvel, he'd send a concept into Marvel, uh-huh. and Jim Shooter bought it from him for a couple hundred dollars. Right. And then put it into Secret Wars. And uh, had incredible artists on it, uh, mindset. Even if you didn't do anything else, can you imagine being that little kid, and that's like, you know, you just be able to go to school and be like, well, by the way, even if you wouldn't have to pay me, just let me, let me brag about it. At that age, you know, we, we had a guy at the convention during Jim's panel that uh, brought up that he had sent in a, a um, concept for a character, mm-hmm. um, and that his story is that Marvel took it and, and developed it as a different character. Right. And uh, Jim said he was going to, you know, he said if they did that, it wasn't right. He didn't check it out. He said, right. Um, and, and Jim Shooter's panel, man, went totally different than. What I've ever seen in the past. Mm-hmm. In the past, everybody's asking about how did you get GI Joe? How did you get Transformers? Right. How did you get Secret Wars? You know, it's what it's known for a lot. Of, this was all about who, you know, what lessons did you learn from your mentors? How did you learn about the business of running Marvel? How did this work? And it was all, it was basically a business seminar by Jim Shooter, the guy who ran Marvel. And, yeah. Uh, man, it was, I've I got it on record, uh, that tape, and uh, I got it on disc at home. Um, Google it if you're not sure what that means, okay? <laughs> yeah, that, you know, we're showing our age here. Tape People and, right now are going, where do I download it again? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's on there YouTube. You now you're speaking the yeah, language. It's on YouTube. We got it on there. Uh, it's not the greatest quality, uh, but it's, we're working on that. We weren't really prepared to record the panels this year. Uh-huh. Um, 
but we have invested in a, a GoPro system and uh, setting up to where we can enhance our panels. This is our first year. We it's really the fun part of it, right? Yeah. As you like talk about the improvement, is then you get to you know because you already have these people that enjoy it and fans and things, and then you get to upgrade this or that or the other, yeah. and it's so exciting because you know they're going to enjoy it because you know what they like, and they're going to get more what they like, it, you know, even better. Um, I know you said you have some people returning. Are there any names set in stone for next year that you can announce? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. We've got uh, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, Lex Luger. Wow, nice. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer and WCW World Champion. Multiple times WWE Tag Team Champion, Ron Simmons. Wait. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and I've also discovered that if you have the profanity filter on on your page, uh -huh. On Facebook, and somebody comments the word "damn," that Facebook will not allow that post to be made. I, I know they have been tweaking that comment yeah. section for a while. I definitely noticed that. I, That's crazy. I, That's going to cause some problems, isn't it? Yeah, I had to turn the filter off because I kept noticing that people were, were commenting "damn" on his announcement, and it was saying that it was hidden. And I thought, okay, it's one of these other admins clicking something. Is you know what's going is on? That relevant? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Blah. It's like yeah. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, yeah, we got Ron Simmons. Uh, we also are venturing out a little into uh, the anime world this year. Okay. Uh, we're bringing in the voice actor from My Hero Academia, uh, Kyle Phillips, will be there. Which, speaking uh, of pro wrestling, I feel like we was talking the other day, Chip and I, about how wrestling went from in our days, which was a basically an exhibition catch match. Mm -hmm. um, look up Catches Can Wrestling, Scientific Wrestling, uh, Snake Pit, things like that. If, if you don't know about the history of pro wrestling and, and where it comes from. But it's very similar, right? Yeah. Type of. Yeah, uh, and now it's more of a more of a circus acrobat show. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And, and now it's more geared towards you know because everybody likes what Marvel and anime, so. Yeah, and you know, let's it's portrayed. What Mortal Kombat move can we do now and things of that nature? Yeah, and uh, but yeah, Kyle Phillips he does um, Kaminari. Was coming already on oh, my hero academia. I always have a time saying that, uh, but I have a hard time saying. And have you ever seen that show? It. I have not. It's basically, it reminds me of the X Men mm -hmm. in reverse, where in this show they call it their their abilities are quirks. Mm -hmm. uh, and what you have here is most everybody has a quirk except right. for a few people that are just normal people. Mm -hmm. And the story is basically a, a normal child. Who wants to go to the superhero high school, right? Uh, but he doesn't have the quirk, and it's about him getting in and how he, he becomes the, the greatest superhero, right? Uh, so it's basically the X Men in reverse, where you have in the X Men you have you know normal they people are that are yeah are pushing out the the mutants. They don't want the mutants around. They're you know um, uh, biased against them, and they have to go to their special school. Where this one you have. The normal people that are that are looked down on and they want to go to the special school so they can be yeah it, it's I, I love that and a lot of people don't realize that they've not paid attention to it that that there are great such great stories told in comic books and now translating into comic movies like they're really good about the way pro wrestling used to be about getting involved on an emotional level so yeah. you, you care about the characters that, that they're sending you instead of them just being it's not like people would think. There's a lot of action, and if you love action, you should definitely catch one. But if you like drama or comedy, there's 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 a place for that in, in comics too. Mm -hmm. is, is there anything that would surprise you coming out of uh, uh, comic books? Because the first time I found out what a um, what do they call the, the the novel, the comic book novels, the uh, uh, the graphic novels, graphic. yeah, graphic novels, uh, more that way with the you know The Walking Dead and right. everything being made of that. Is there any because that surprised me that there was a horror comics and that it wasn't just superheroes. Is there any line of comics that may have came out that uh, may have surprised you or that uh, you were particularly like interested in? Uh, or the Walk Dead. all of them? Yeah, yeah. The Walk Dead. I love Walking Dead comics, and now they're releasing them in color. Uh, oh. Yeah, which? Huh? Bad Boys. Bad Boys. The Boys. The, the boys. boys. The Boys. Yeah, that's. That's what it shocked us. Yeah, because it I had I stayed away from the comics. Because I wanted to watch the show. Right, right. And uh, we got into the show, and it was like, holy crap, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, <laughs> but then I went back and I looked at the comics and thought, okay, they toned it down for the show. Right, right, right. right. 
Well, yeah, The Walking Dead. You know, it was originally a black and white comic. Uh-huh. And the reason, from what I read from Robert Urban, the reason why they did it in black and white is simply because of and they didn't know it was on the black tracks issue six. Right. So to get it published and get out there, they cut the cost of the Now they're going back to the third issue. And it was so amazing. Yeah. Another girl practiced 25. I think Rob met here in our very own Chattanooga. Yeah. years old in 15 years old now, he doesn't uh-huh. really want to go. He wants to play video games. Right. Me and Jericho. Yeah. We, we'll go. We'll probably leave Jericho Target tonight. Yeah. Uh, and it's just one of those things that I, I just love going to see, you know, what's out, trying to find something cool. And I, I still enjoy hitting the toy aisle, and it just seems to piss me off because the shit today seems so much cooler than when I was a kid. <laughs> like, for example, when I was a little kid, I used to have to wear underwear on my head to be Spider-Man, and now you can get an actual fucking Spider-Man mask. Yeah. Like what? I, it pisses me off. It's not our size. Yeah. There's a there's a little thing at Target that has a. Of course, they put all their Disney stuff out. I would drive the Power Wheels to work nowadays. Oh yeah. Radio watts. They got a Spider-Man jacket. It's for toddlers, and I would so wear that thing if it would fit. Better battery than Tesla. <laughs> yeah. You got to. A list that would hurt little girl Barbie. Superheroes. Mm-hmm. One of the complaints I hear yeah, a lot about. My daughter sent an email to Mattel. And she was time. nine. She was nine years old, sent me an email to Mattel. Or, yeah, Mattel or Hasbro once. Uh-huh. It was and Mattel because it was Barbie. 
told them that she wanted superhero Barbies, that right. there was nothing for little girls to play with that was superhero. So they kept right. And then she got her response back so that they didn't have the license for it, couldn't do it. And so now she's 20 years old, and uh, she's, she's not happy that all that stuff is available now. Right. Yeah, yeah, 10 years yeah. later. Yeah, 10 now years later. Yeah. And, you know, there's Black Widow Barbie dolls and, and you know, Princess Leia Barbie dolls and stuff like that. Well, it, you know, it, and it is. It's because it's, it's you know, it, it's finally become more acceptable for, for them to be versions of themselves that they could be. You know, yeah. women's wrestling has come up as yeah. a beautiful thing now and, and with superheroes. And, and there's just a lot more places for girls to have good role models to look up to instead of the old stereotypy things that are just don't really fit these times. It's great that they have things, but yeah, it pisses me off too, girl. I, hear you too, you know? I always raise Alyssa to uh, Princess Leia was her, her idol. That was her favorite. And uh, uh, one of the reasons I pushed, pushed her so much to, towards that and mm-hmm. you know, introduced her to Princess Leia and talked to her about it was she wasn't the damsel in distress. No. She she wound up saving Luke and Hans. Yeah, more she was. They did her. Follow me, type yeah. of chick, instead of. Uh, that reminds me a lot of my Jen. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way I wanted her to be. Is you know she didn't she didn't need a guy to, to save her. She could right. save herself save or, herself. or save them you know, or you know she could be strong. Learn anyway. to love yourself and make yourself happy, and then be available to share that with somebody else. It shouldn't be dependent on that other person to right. give it to you because you can't really right. right. We're just projections of our own needs. That's uh, Jen and I were talking about that the other night, that when we get with somebody, really while we get with them is we see things in themselves that please us about ourselves, just like when we see something that pisses us off about somebody, it, it repels us. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you see that somebody you love, all of a sudden you have like this different view of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what kind of started the, you know, that and grandkids has, has softened me as I've gotten older. But there's a big complaint in wrestling today and a lot of arguments that today's wrestlers are softer. Not necessarily in ring or the pain you can take, but just overall, this generation is a softer generation. Do you think, and, and you don't know where I'm going with this yet, I'm going to throw a swerve at you. Okay. Do you think some of the wrestlers today could have lasted some of those weekends at the Rock and Country and Governors with us back in the day? No, they couldn't. Um, not. And we're not going to go into details, but now, that being said, it's a whole other show. Those guys today mm-hmm. are, are, I think, better off than mm-hmm. what we were back in the day. We, we, there was so much stuff that we were so I don't know. Shouldn't have been there. I don't know how we're so lucky. Uh, I, well, I really we, don't. We should have been killing those clubs or, you know. At least one of the times, right? Yeah. And I'm sure some of us have been. I mean, we, we, yeah. I, but those guys. If we had now, nine lives, we burned eight and a half. Yeah. <laughs> those guys now today, I mean. But they don't have to be now. Like back then, it, it there there was it was still kayfabe then. If, if you were a heel and you got in a fight at a bar, you better whoop that dude's ass, or you're done. Nobody wants to. I mean, look what happened to Doctor Death. Even. Well, look at Seth Rollins a few weeks ago. You know, there was a fan that attacked him, and, and you know, Seth got his ass kicked. Yeah. I mean, that in our day. We got back to the back. We had our ass kicked in. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Now they probably not that that's right or wrong or the way it should be. We're just saying how it was and how it is, right? Well, what happened? We come up in a, to a period of time where a lot of the guys that we worked with were older, the older generation before us. Uh-huh. Uh, they came through before the national expansion, right? So where everything was real, it uh-huh. was you know, the guy that. Got got his leg broken training, got his ankles broken training, just to prove that it was real. Right, right. There. right. Uh, and those are the guys that stick through it. And then they my first training session with Woody and Richie. No. Yeah, it was it was just getting the shit kicked out of me in cardio, so I threw up in the garbage can a whole bunch. Mine was bumping on the ground at Camp George. Yeah, yeah, falling trees and stuff on yeah. yeah on the concrete and the. Uh, I thought the they tree. were joking when they yeah when they asked when they said we was gonna start on the concrete. I thought. Not really, are like this isn't like they're ribbing me now just to see if you know. I was like, all right, let's go, and then you do it. But there's a reason behind it, then, and part of it is it conditions you because you need to be conditioned. You can't be thinking about fuck that hurt because regardless of people's opinions of how it feels, take a bump. 
it fucking hurts to take a bump in the ring, even the best of rings. Why quit doing it? Yes, you, no. you're taking an impact from, you know, okay, we're three feet tall, but. Because it, but we're still taking. Show up to work on Monday morning. Yeah. To yeah. teach a class. So you condition yourself. <laughs> you, you you take those bumps on the concrete and you get in the ring and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's nothing. That's why I had a partner that would bump. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I stole him from dad. Hey, I'll let him. Yeah. You know, when Dad went to the floor and I took Dad's place in the... In the Speaking field. of that, shout out to Hampton. <laughs> yeah. Danny, good. Glad you could bump for me. Uh, I got you heat. Gave you first out and let you bump. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> got you over, kid. Uh, but yeah, Danny, Danny was a, he was a great partner. Great one that, man. Uh, you know, uh, Drew. I've been with Drew for a while. And, uh, I always have a special cool. plate in my heart for, for him because we'll call him Bob part of the conversation because Bopper is the first person to grab me like Drew Gang did in the future and say, hey, I'll do a program if you want to put you over. Yeah. And me at that point, that young in my career, and you know, I was kind of looking at him. He was like this next level dude to me, somebody, again, somebody I've seen little, somebody I respected, and here he is coming to me and telling me this. And my first thought is, you know, how many headshots have you taken? But from that point on, that's if, if I had to say when I started feeling like a pro wrestler. It was during that program I had with him and his whole purpose was an old school heel. Is he just made me fucking shine and I was a turd. That is him and his brother, Rawhead Rex, are both reasons I, I turned heel at, at one point and never went back because of the art of it. I felt like it was being lost in it and it still is. Uh, uh, like I said, that was his whole purpose and point in doing that program was to shine this little turd up and it did it gave me the rub that i needed regardless of my skill for people to go okay he beat that dude then you know you got one of the biggest pops at one time this was a match we had uh, we was where it was a quick 10 second match uh, i think i remember uh, which one chuck chuck Colt was was the champ at uw uh, he was hurt and we, we were me and him were calling the shots mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted the belt on the, on the baby face. Mm-hmm. So he dropped it to me. Uh, we were in, in an angle. And I turned around the next week and was bragging. And I think we still had you do a tag at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, kind of out of the blue. Yeah, out of the blue, you shot in, <laughs> set for the match. I think we locked up. School board me real quick. One, two, three. And the place exploded. That's crazy. I never got my rematch. Yeah, no, you didn't. Well, you know, after we right. turn the cameras no, up, we can't, we can't, we can't do it without getting paid for it. So we'll, we'll talk about that. After we we'll we'll just call that one the, the, you know, that was that was the Rocky Apollo moment that he never had his rematch. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who this is. But I'm telling the story about my man. You might know, but there's a guy. You'll you'll hear this. So I, when I first met him at TWE, it was so funny. Back, he was some kind of champion. I was just joking because I just met him, and that's how I break the ice as I joke. And, so I said, hey, uh, you know it's me and you for that title night. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, dress, you blah, blah, dress. I was like, yeah, it's like, going to be great. like, you heard it's a shoot too, right? <laughs> shoot means a legit match. We're going to go out there and we're going to fight. Uh, there, there is no predetermined stuff like He goes, oh, you should have a belt, man. I don't Oh, yeah, he's, 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 he's like, running yeah, well, I was like, yeah. he said, you, you just go ahead and take the belt. I was like, I'm just kidding, man. For that. I was like, I, you know, if, if we are wrestling, I'm putting you over and don't worry about it, relax. That was my first experience of, of Intimidate somebody, yeah. and and like I felt like such a horrible person afterwards because, <laughs> you know, most guys you come up to like that and they're like, all right, motherfucker, and, you know, yeah. you get that reaction. That's that's what you're doing. You're trying to rib them into overreacting a little bit, and then relax and stuff. But it it backfired on me. So here I am now. I feel like a bully. I'm like you know, bullies are my worst pet peeve. Like way to go, Jerry. A way to make a difference in the locker room on your first fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> And I also had, that's one of the funniest memories I actually have from wrestling, and um, one of the best, and you know, this refers back to us doing it for the kids, is, I may choke up during this one, so forgive me if I do, um, they had a little kid to be cancer, and part of this celebration I had for him that night was he got to go backstage and take his picture with whoever they could wrestle with, and he picked me, and I thought, you know, here's this little kid who went through all this and it, it really humbles you and makes you see 
how powerful a position you hold because you don't think of it like that. You think I'm going out and having fun, I'm mm-hmm. living my dreams, blah blah blah. And then you see how it affects like somebody else, and you're like, oh, okay, so I need to. Do, do you have any any experiences like that that kind of touched you in wrestling? Whether it don't have to be the same type of thing, but what, what do you think your favorite, most moving moment in wrestling was? It was a guy. That, uh, Not the movement, the tag team. Sorry, guys, love you. I, I didn't have anything like that. I was, I was an asshole, and I, I stayed mm-hmm. an asshole. I was, you know, I, I was the old complete guy. There was a guy that uh, my dad used to run Salvation Army in Chattanooga years ago. A guy would always show up and have this autograph book and mm-hmm. something from the guy. Uh-huh. It was not all there, right? Uh, and so dad would have to sign his autograph book every time he saw him. Mm-hmm. He started coming to the W, and uh, he'd come up to me with the autograph book and. Uh, I, I took his pen, chunked it across the building. Yeah. And so he was whining about it. So we go, you know, go, go get it outside. He'd bring it back to me. We'd play right. fetch about 15 minutes. And we'd join his pen and he'd go get it and bring it back. And uh, like I said, I was an asshole. Because okay. uh, back in the day, we were heels 24 hours yeah. a day. Uh, I was the same way. So it's. And, uh, so, I mean, but it was just constant. And he uh-huh. would just go get it and bring it back. And uh, finally, I just took his book and chunked it in the trash can and left him standing there. Uh, I, you know, I would say I feel bad about it, but not really. Right. But um, I, I, so one of the heel things is that if somebody comes over and hands you something, you you don't sign. You rip up their autograph, and you throw the pen away. Old school. Things are probably school. different today. So my first night in in the business, I was managing my dad, Danny, from Jasper, Tennessee, uh-huh. and uh, I was on my way to the. Uh, Session stand in a restaurant or something. Anyway, we had to go out and out in front of people. Uh-huh. And uh, this kid comes up to me and he's like, Will you know, can I get your autograph? Now, that's, you know, it's the first night. Right. And, uh, uh, well, it's not actually not the first night. First night up here. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I think, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to break his pencil. He has this nice, thick, good looking pen. Uh-huh. I can't do it. So I'll cover with his autograph. Right. Turned around, hands me his shirt. And I was still wearing his shirt. Mm-hmm. So I can't rip this kid's shirt off of him. I can't throw his pen. I can't or I can't break. I didn't think of throwing it. I probably would have thrown it. Um, so I signed it. For the next 30 minutes, I'm outside signing autographs. Right. And finally, my dad sticks his head out there. He asked me, he said, what in the hell are you doing, boy? <laughs> so I had to stop. Right. Um, no, but not. I had to. But these people, that, well, you know, so, so was funny is because was at, at, this was, point, but, at this point in time at TWE, I was at my meanest. I was in Sons yeah. of Sin, and you know yeah. that Jerry Anderson, right? I, I lived it hardcore 24-7. I was that character. So for him to pick me, that's I think that's what threw me because I made kids cry. I had, you know, we, we were so hillish at that time, and Rocky saw this. There would be other big heel teams that would come in and we would face them out instantly. As soon as they figured out they were wrestling us, they were automatically the face. It didn't matter how much they were hated before then. So it was it was definitely a weird moment for him to say, Jerry Anderson, because I'm like, really? Like that's especially at that age because you know you get to be a teenager, you're a little more of a heel fan. Right. Stuff, but this is a little kid, so it, it'll forever touch me in that moment because I thought like, Oh know, that's cool. Uh, it's yeah. I haven't had that uh, but that is I'll take that myth. Um, uh, when we were wrestling at the deli over here in Plaza Springs Deli, uh, Mick. Mick's, Mick's great. I love, I love Mick. Mick. And, uh, Shout out to Mick. Hey, buddy. You know, he wasn't. Uh, He's always one that's touched off his heart the most. Yeah. He, uh, Even though he was a big, mean heel. Yeah. That and was, I was always the one. And so I was on the board. I'm right there in front of Mick, and I can mess with right. him. He wants to fight me and everything. Yeah. But then he'll send me messages on Facebook telling me he misses me and come back and and I'm like, you know, this that means he's about. he's that there there those are the fans that remind you, okay, this is really why I'm doing it. Yeah. I may have all these things in my head while I think I am, but if somebody truly asks me, it's that. Mm-hmm. Because that that is a reflection again of me and who I was. Now one of the greatest compliments I've got was uh, from Chip Hazard's mom. Mm-hmm. She made a post one night when they were going down there, and I, I quit down there at this time, and uh, Adam Couch had taken over as the, the heel manager, and he had, gone, he had just quit, and she had posted that, uh, she made a post that it was, uh, 
there was nobody, there was no heels to mess with. There was nobody to to get heat with, and, right. and that uh, they needed me or they needed Adam, and, and that meant a lot. That you know, that she took the time and thought enough to say, "Hey, you know, you guys made this better." Yeah, because That's, they're they're outside, even though her son's wrestler, they're outside the realm of wrestling fans, and to hear something like that, there's a different kind of knowledge yeah. that comes with it, right? A different yeah. kind of. She's because you know, she's. She knows what's going on. She's only inside. She knows what this is. Yeah. This Jennifer is actually kind of our co-host tonight, and she's the director, so I didn't really tell her how to stop the program, so we're not stopping yet, but I wanted to go ahead and tell you right quick before we wrap it up, and we'll be at end broadcast. We'll get the end broadcast, and then hit it again when it comes up, so just hit it twice. See, just in case she had direct free experience, I wanted to make sure we didn't have to go three. Yeah. yeah. But before we do wrap it up, is I'll there anything else you want to say? I'll do the free <laughs> we may talk about that. That'll be on a Patreon episode. We'll, we'll have some of those stories. I've actually started thinking about uh, doing um, a, a clip show where I just do like about uh, like everybody's favorite road story, like a bunch of the guys from back in the gate. Back in the gate. Well, speaking of having couch, um, <laughs> that's another one of those going. There's there's so many. Um, R.I.P. to so many people we mentioned tonight are no longer with us. Um, so before going to wrapping it up, if you love somebody out there, tell them you love them. Um, if you got to be with somebody, go ahead and end that shit. Uh, life is really short. Uh, tell your friends uh, you love them for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I love his ass. So. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I, I don't know why, because I'm an asshole too. Maybe that's why. Maybe I, I, I was about to say maybe your asshole connect, but I'm not really good at putting words together like that. So. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I wish we could go back. I wish you and I had had more matches and more opportunity to work stories. Yeah, we had a lot of tag matches. Uh, we did. You know, me and Danny, you and Hampton, we went uh-huh. you know, months and months of times, but it was right. never nothing storyline. Story it was just basically, yeah. you know, hey, this is our top maybe our top field teams. Let's put them in there and let them work. Which was my I I. Okay, I'm a felt more, you know, you, of course, when you first start out, you're going to be stuff. But that, you know, you know that wears thin and wears off really fucking quick. Unless you've like, you know, been thrasher. Unless you've been thrasher. You sleep for Yeah. But, you know, after you've had it once, you got carried with you, you got to be, you know, you start being yeah. like, not that big deal. To me, there was nothing more special than me part of the storyline. I wanted a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's how I connected with people. It wasn't through my fantastic wrestling. It had to be something. So that's how I connected with people. And it's sad that that art. Slipping away today too. So if you're out there, try to tell a little bit of the story. Have a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's all the story is. It doesn't have to be really complicated. Keep it simple. You might like give a training signal. Yes, go ahead. Um, Bubba, Francie Rivier. Mm-hmm. He's going to be doing some training down in Subordinate. Okay. Patterson's great. If you want to learn, you know, psychology and things of that yes. nature, not not only wrestling, but how, why you're doing this move. Right. Why is this happening? He, he's going to be doing the training down for, for Luke Patterson out at Savoy. Okay. And, uh, Bob, a friend, check that out. That's, to me, but he's, yeah. Yeah, check him out on Facebook. Um, he'll always be Bubba. Yeah. You know, check out uh, Fretcher Rivier. He'll be Twiggy. Yeah, I can't call him Josh. Or no, he's, he's, no he's just Twiggy. He's always going to be Twiggy. Just stop. Yeah. He's, <laughs> the backyard stop. boys. Stop. The backyard, the backyard boys. boys. Yeah. yeah. Stop. Luke's mom. Of course, they they embraced that. And, uh, Another great story. Well, man, we're definitely gonna have to bring you back on because I feel like we have a ton more stories to tell. I wish we had more time tonight. Um, speaking of tonight, there's a meeting going down. I want everybody to know that we may have some announcements coming as soon as tomorrow. Um, this episode, of course, we're going live right now, so you're watching it. It'll be on YouTube. I'll have it probably on my website uh, within the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, if they want to, if they have questions about pops or FarleyCon or want tickets or anything, what, where they would look for you on, on Facebook? And uh, FarleyCon on Facebook. Uh, that's that's going to be the best place. You can also email me at FarleyCon at Outlook.com. Uh, you can visit our, our website at www.farleycon.com as well. Keep up with our announcements. We do have Twitter too. It's Farley underscore con uh, on Twitter. And, and how about we get you back a little closer too and we'll, we'll, we'll talk some more of that and maybe tell some more stories that uh, won't get my YouTube page canceled. Okay. Or if they do, that's worth it too, man. Um, Thanks to everybody for watching tonight uh, that's came back and watched. I appreciate everybody that watched Chips. I appreciate everybody that's watching this one. I hope you watch the next one. 
Um, I, I thank you, Rocky, for being here. I say this at the end of every episode, and I, and I truly mean it from the heart. Time is the most precious gift you can give because it's something you can't get back. And you gave me a piece of your time, and I will always cherish that. So the same thing for people that watch. Appreciate you. And you can end it. Anything else, buddy? I, I love you. Man, love you, brother. Thanks.